I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. I don't uh, know exact word going to come forth here in a few moments. I just had this real quick thought. If you were going to write your own story, write a book about yourself that you would want to happen in your life, would you be the, the hero? Would you be the villain? Would you be the one to save the day? Most of us are narcissistic in some ways. We probably write really good things about ourselves. I got to thinking about the author and the finisher of our salvation. The author of the Bible, Holy Bible, the Word of God. Just Jesus was the author and the finisher of our salvation. And I just was thinking about how he was writing the story. He writes about Noah. He writes about Abraham. He writes about Moses. Jacob, Esau, all the heroes we talk about, the Davids, Joshua's. And then he gets to Matthew and he writes himself into the story. He begins to add himself into the story. Now, if I had that kind of power and that kind of authority, I think I would have written a few different things. But he spares himself. He doesn't spare himself, Brother Davis. He starts writing and he makes it as hard as he possibly can on himself. And in the story, he writes rejection, mockery, pain, he came into his own, his own received him not. And everything he wrote in there about himself, it seems to be negative. It seems to be negative. But I get to the part where he gets mocked, he gets taken out of the garden, he gets mocked, gets a crown of thorns put on his head. Sarcasm, the king of the Jews, and they put him on a on a on this beating block, whatever. I don't understand exactly what it was made of. They had his hands tied and they began to beat him. They beat him. History says his own mother couldn't even recognize him. But he begins to get beat. And I'm like, why, why would you do that to yourself? And it, the, that's not the question we should be asking is why would you do that for me? So he was beaten. For my healing. The Bible says with his stripes we were healed, which is past tense. Sister Rhonda, that whip that went across his back tore the flesh from his back was for your healing. I speak this right Jesus' name. I don't understand what's going to happen in a minute, but I know that Jesus wants to heal. Jesus wants to heal. And I believe that that story that he put in there and he didn't spare one ounce of pain for himself 
was for me. It was for my family. It was for my church. It was for my... So the man of God is going to come. And I don't know exactly what he's going to do. But I know for a fact that Jesus is going to heal. I want to accept it right now in Jesus' name. Lord, you didn't write that story for nothing. You didn't write that story in that book to waste your breath or waste your time or waste the ink of the prophets of God. But you wrote it for my salvation and for my healing. With your, with your stripes, we were healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise as the man of God preaches to us. Well, let's honor the Lord right now. We worship you. We praise and magnify you, Lord. You're great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So appreciate the spirit of the Lord that's in this house. Beautiful spirit of worship. Amen. With those that came and gathered with us to pray. Amen. God bless you and God will bless you. He honors prayer and faith and sacrifice. Amen. What an honor it is to be with you. I know I said it this morning. I'll repeat it again. Good things are worth repeating. We hear enough bad things repeated. Uh, it's an honor to be here. And I give honor to your pastor and his family. Love Brother and Sister Hill, their family, this great church, these great men of God that stand behind me. Give honor to them. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. If you have your Bible, I'm going to a very familiar verse of Scripture, the book of Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number 4. I know you probably can quote this verse, but chapter 4 and verse number 19 says, But my God can supply, shall supply, but my God shall supply most all, somebody shout all, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Anybody in the house believe that tonight? Amen. But my God shall let that sink in just a moment. God shall supply your need, not according to the economy, not according to what, what we have in our account, but according to His riches. And the last time I checked, He owned it all. He's got it all. That means He can do it all. Amen. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I want to preach tonight for a few moments on the God factor. Amen. The God factor. Would you lift your voice, your hands, your faith with me? Amen. And let's pray in the Holy Ghost right now. God, I thank you for your presence, your power, your... Hallelujah. 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 I love you, Jesus. I worship you. I praise you. I thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to do in this service tonight. We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. One more time. Would you clap your hands to it? Amen. And with that, add a shout of praise, a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. We worship you, mighty God. We honor you, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments. Amen. We serve a God that is a God of ultimate order. God does not operate haphazardly. God does not operate randomly. He has a plan. Even when things happen to us that we would place in the bad column, God will take it and work it for our good. God's got it together tonight. I said God's got it together. Don't think for a moment that God just randomly nor accidentally looks down on you, sees some unfortunate situation or event, amen, or demonic attack unfolding in your life and scratches his head and says, now how did that happen? I never saw that coming. Actually, the opposite is true because you never escape the all-seeing eye of God as a matter of fact, the Bible said the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. He knows what was, what is, and what shall be. God has plans, and none of them are purposeless. Everything he created has a divine design. Everything he does has clear and distinct order. He is a God of the most intricate details. He proves that from the very beginning and in the very few verses or beginning verses of the Bible. Study the word and soon it becomes obviously and undeniably clear that God is a God of precision. The tabernacle and its furnishings were to be arranged and erected in the order that God had ordained. Everything from the curtain loops to the labor had to be designed and aligned according to God's pattern and God's placement. The Bible says that he even set the service of the house of the Lord in order. Abraham and Elijah understood the importance and the necessity of the symmetric and orderly placement of the wood upon the altar. Speaking of Jesus Christ, Paul declared him to be a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In his exhortation regarding the gifts of the Spirit and the gifts of tongues and the interpretation of tongues, Paul implored the Corinthian church, let all things be done decently and in order. If time would allow tonight, I could show you that even the precise placement of the earth, the sun and moon reveal the exactness of God's handiwork. God does not operate off the cuff. He is not a God of chaos. The Bible said he's not the author of confusion, but that of peace in all the churches of the saints. And because of that, he has always blessed and rewarded those that follow his divine directive. I believe Noah's Ark survived the flood because it was built, not according to how Noah thought it should be built, but according to divine design of God. I'm convinced that the people of Israel exited Egypt with great wealth and without death angel visiting their home because they prepared the sacrifice and they applied the blood just as God had instructed. The walls of Jericho, amen, that did not fall down simply because they had a battle plan, but they 
his plan to walk silently for six days. And after you have marched the seventh time on the seventh day, then you shout, amen, because I have given you the city. The disciples enjoyed a net-breaking catch because they cast their net on the right side according to the instruction of Jesus. Yet sometimes we pray for God to bless what we are doing and how we are doing it instead of finding what God is already blessing and just doing that. Because God things done God's way always produce God results. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Being a God of divine order and detail, He established laws and mores and governing guidelines in place from the very beginning of time. These maxims are obvious and they are undeniable. They keep things in order. Such laws are that of morality and nature and gravity and biology and mathematics and time and space. Many of these, if they are broken or if they ignored, can result in death and even destruction. But not only is God a God of of, of law, but He is a God of love. God doesn't just have plans. He has priorities. And God's greatest priority tonight is not creating a new galaxy. His highest priority is not constructing new planets and making more Milky Ways. You've got to realize that you are God's highest priority. You are so important to Him that the Bible said there was a lamb slain from the very foundation of the world. Before there ever was a sin problem, He had already given a sin solution because God commended his love toward that in that while we were yet sinners he died for us I told you he is a God of order get the picture here tonight at 622 this evening the population counter of this world ticked at 7 billion 638 million 254,245 and if you managed somehow to line everybody up single mile, it would stretch some nearly one and a half million miles, long enough to circle the earth 60 times. And when you consider the vast number of people that inhabit the earth, it's a little bit, it's easy to feel a little bit insignificant, but it should produce the opposite emotion because you're not one in a million, amen, you're not just one in seven billion, amen, but you are, Jesus said, are not two sparrows sold from farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father knowing it. Understand that the sparrow was the cheapest ticket item in the food market in ancient Israel. Two sparrows could be purchased with one of the smallest and most invaluable coins in Israel. Yet not one of those sparrows would fall outside of God's care and God's knowledge and God's view. But he didn't stop at the sparrow. He said, I know the very number of the hairs on your head. Amen. For you therefore you are more valuable than many sparrows. I want someone to lift up their head tonight and understand you are somebody. 
Stay with me here tonight. Amen. You're not just a nobody uh, just going through the routine of life. You are somebody. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. Uh, you are a holy nation of peculiar people that you should so forth the praise of him that called you out of darkness into this marvelous light, which in times past were not a people. But now you are the people of God. That's worth shouting about right now. That's worth rejoicing about. You are somebody. You're somebody to God. You are valuable to Almighty God. And when you get up and go to work and go to school every morning, amen, when you walk on your job, you got to remember, I'm not a company man. You're a kingdom man. And kingdom men and kingdom women are the kind of people that when their feet touch the floor every morning, hell starts shaking and says, oh, no, they're awake again. When you get up, my God, when you get up every day, everything in hell and earth and heaven pays attention and it takes notice. Well, hell's trying to stop you. Heaven just keeps God in your steps and preparing for your victory and preparing for your victory. Come on, you need to believe like Abraham. You need to shout like Joshua. You need to dance like David. You need to fight like Gideon and live like Jesus. Oh, somebody praise him right now. I feel the power of the Lord in this place. Lift up your head. You're somebody. I know you've been asking yourself the question, what does God think about? And I'm glad you asked because I've been wanting to answer that tonight. Amen. Besides knowing, amen, that you, because he knew you were going to have those days, the Lord answered that question and settled that question for you a long time ago. When he had Jeremiah to pen to parchment these words, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. They are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray, and I will hearken to you. This promise has such a striking resemblance to an even more familiar promise in Second Chronicles chapter 7 when God says, If I set up the heavens that there be no more rain, or if I command the locusts to devour your land, or if I send the pestilence among my people, even though I establish the law, even though I do not change, even though it was my idea to not give you rain, to send the locusts, and to send pestilence. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. God saying, you are so important to me. I will reverse my decision to meet your need. One songwriter said it like this, God would bankrupt heaven to meet my needs. When you, the apple of God's eye have a need and you begin to pray. Something begins to happen in the heavens. I've come to preach to some people tonight who have walked into this place with your back against the wall. You can't see a way out. You can't find a way out. You have a situation that has no answer and has no cure and has no hope. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The law of Mount
Mark Maddox is telling you, there's more debt than there is dollars. The law of medicine says there's no cure for your condition. The law of genetics says you cannot be delivered because you're dealing with something that's in your DNA. The law of sin is telling you, learn to live with your guilt. But I've come to tell you, all of those factors may be true, but there is one more factor that changes it all, and it's the God factor. What is the God factor? The God factor is knowing. Uh, even if God created uh, and instituted laws and governs uh, how we our universe function, God is not confined uh, to those laws. Uh, he created them, uh, but He exists outside of them, uh, and God can do uh, the miraculous. Uh, therefore, when you pray and you come to Him with a need, uh, when you pray, uh, my God shall supply. All your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And he will do it. Can I get a witness? And he will do it however he must to meet your need. Even if he has to bend, reverse, override, defy the law that he established. That's what a miracle is when God defies the law. Would you worship him right now? Somebody's going to get a miracle in this house tonight. I need some people of faith to help me right now. Somebody is going to get a, the God factors about to get involved in your city. I feel the Holy Ghost and I feel boldness in my spirit. I feel a prophetic spirit right now. Come on. If you say your situation is impossible, you have ruled God out of it. But when you pray with God, nothing shall be impossible. You bring God into the middle of your equation. You invite and invoke every Everything that God is and everything that God can do right in the middle of your situation. I feel an overflow of what I felt in this place this morning. It's not just empty words. It's not just a part of the service where we start praying for our family members and start praying for our needs. Amen. We're not just doing that as a routine. We're invoking the name and we're inviting the God factor in the middle of our situation. Come on. God's getting ready to defy. I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost, God's getting ready to defy some laws that have been set up. God's getting ready to step over and to bend and defy some things to show you his glory and show you his power. If I've ever felt authority and power in the Holy Ghost, I feel it right now. Amen. You're going to see God step over the boundaries and the laws and defy them because he loves you that much. You are the apple of God's eye. You are God's highest priority. Oh, let's pray right now. I feel the Holy Ghost working. 
It wouldn't surprise me at any moment right now that it happens while you're sitting at your pew. It wouldn't surprise me at any moment that God just steps over and bends the boundaries that have been established. That God breaks the rules, if you will. Amen. Defies the law to heal you right now. I speak healing in the name of Jesus, by the authority of His Word, by the power of the name of Jesus. I need some people of faith to help me right now. I'm speaking it because I feel it strongly in my spirit. Amen. I feel it strongly in the Holy Ghost. God's getting ready to defy the laws of medicine. Hallelujah. 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 It's time for some Joshua's to rise to the occasion and pray some bold prayers. Sun stand still. Moon do not rise. We got a victory on our hands. And we got to stop the world. If that's what it takes, we're going to do it. We're going to believe God that He's going to step over every boundary and every law and defy it and display His power here tonight. Come on, stretch your faith. Stretch your hands. The Holy Ghost is doing something in this building right now. Come on, people of faith, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of your word, by the power of the name of Jesus, healing right now. I speak a miracle of healing in the name of Jesus. Defy all the laws of medicine. Step over the boundaries of man's ability right now. Show forth your glory. Show forth your power. Reveal that you are the God who has it all. The God that can do it all. The God that is above it all. Come on, there's some miracles happening right now. There's been some things being released in the spirit realm right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody's getting their healing right now. It's flowing in this building right now. Hallelujah. Do not be discouraged about what happened before you prayed. Be encouraged by what's happened after you pray. Amen. You just invoke God in the middle of your situation. God's getting involved right now. God's getting involved right now. There's a divine interruption of the Holy Ghost. I got plenty of notes, but the Holy Ghost is ready to work right now because somebody's faith has already reached the place that they're saying, I know God can do it for me right now. If you need a miracle in your body, you need a miracle in your home, in your finances, amen, whatever it is, I'm asking you in the Holy Ghost, amen, to make your way to this altar, to come stand.
understand the ministry of this church. And this church is going to pray. Somebody's going to see the hand of God at work. I speak it in the name of Jesus. By the authority of the word. By the power of the name. Before you leave this building tonight, you're going to know God has done something for me. Hallelujah. I believe somebody's going to testify. Amen. Before they leave this building tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Hallelujah. There's some others that have come. Hallelujah. Let's keep praying. The ministry of this church is going to move to this altar. We're going to pray with you and for you. There's going to be some things that God's going to defy. Some laws God's going to step over and bend in reverse because you are his child. Because he loves you. He knows where you are. There are miracles that are happening in this place right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are things that are being accomplished in the spirit realm. There are mountains that are being moved and prayers that are being answered right now. Then shall you call upon me and I will hear you saith the Lord. Hallelujah. He's here. Why don't you tell him what you want? Why don't you tell him what you need right now? Hallelujah. Come on, activate your faith. Why don't you take your faith off of life support and put your life on faith support right now. Come on, put your life on faith support right now. Hallelujah. Don't put the fat level above your faith level. Amen. God's able to do it for you right now. 